Good morning, Jordan Bruno. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? Good. That was, uh, that was a song that was made by someone called on Twitter called Kill Will and a collaboration with Bryson Gray. Bryson Gray made headlines for his uh, Let's Go Brandon song. And, uh, so if you'd like to to download the entire track, you can go find that. It's called uh called Truckers for Freedom and called Keep on Trucking. So there you go. What's his name again? The guy who posts on Twitter is it goes by Kill Will. It's at Kill Will C. He says he's a maker of freedom bangers. I make music, beats, play guitars. And then a bunch of things I don't understand. <laughs> well, yeah, we had a discussion about what we should talk about for today's podcast, maybe to get a little more prepared. And uh, I think, you know, you were, you were saying we need to follow up on the, what would you call it? The unfolding saga. Saga. That's a good word. The unfolding craziness in Canada right now. Leo Homan, who we quoted a lot last week, yeah, calls this, he has a new article and he calls this globalism's finest hour. And that's obviously not a compliment. Right. But a lot a lot happened this last week between uh the last uh podcast recording we did. Today's Monday, February 21st. It is President's Day or Warmongers Day, uh, you decide what to call it. Uh, your government sponsored, government sponsored holiday, and it uh, a lot has happened since we recorded on Valentine's Day. We like to we like to uh, record on holidays, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you're looking at the day, I mean, which presidents do you, which presidents should we really be looking at? The ones that say, you know peace and honest friendship with all nations and entangling alliances with none or the ones that uh, invade half of the country when they want to leave and preside over yes the bloodiest episode in American history which which presidents are we thinking of today are they all cut from the same cloth are they all are they all the same or are they all 
in unique individuals dealing with things in their own ways. Well, more and more, they're cut pretty, from the pretty same much cloth. cut <laughs> from the same cloth, right? And yeah. what is that cloth? Well, it's it's globalist, it's it's corporatist, it's uh, corrupt, it's warmongers, uh, it's controllers, it's top men. Our presidents are all top men. I'm That's thinking capital of, T, capital M. I'm thinking of uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they tell him that it, the Ark's been put in a safe place or something like that. We have top men working on it. Yeah. Who? Top men. Top men. Because, of course, uh, Professor Jones is a credentialed <laughs> college professor. and Right. Yeah, whenever anybody says top men, what the the new modern equivalent of top men is experts. Experts say. Experts say a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, I, yeah, the the level of propaganda is getting to be very high and I don't think people are going to believe anything after this episode is done. It's, you know, as part of our rug pull discussion last week, we were wondering, wondering kind of how far this would unwind, and I think we talked about the potential that the whole media goes down with them, right? The, just the minds of the public end up totally broken. And, and you know, 20, 30% of the country that's joined the mass psychosis crowd, their minds are broken. They're, they'll believe anything that the, that the established mouthpieces say, right? So it's really... It's really quite a dire situation if you if you want to be a pessimist. There's a lot of good things going on. But anyway, let's talk about the give us a recap of what's gone on this week. I mean, I have a couple of friends, uh you're in, in that group who served missions in Canada and I get a lot of news about Canada from people up there or you know, just the YouTubes and the tweets and all that stuff and there was a lot of sick stuff as the government finally decided that it was time to clear out the protesters they tried their best to make them uh look like violent extremists in the in the media but then when it came right down to it the violent extremists were not the protesters yeah it's been an interesting um propaganda war info war can we say info war is that a trademarked well it's term it's looking like it's devolving into real <laughs> real war the <clears throat> Well, yeah. What, so, what, what is it when the police, you know, it's a police state when the, when the civilians or the regular people, I don't like the word civilian because you don't want the police to think you're a civilian. That makes it a, that's a war term. It puts it on a war footing. So, so if you have a police call you a civilian, you say, what is this a war? You right. say, I'm a citizen or a, a, a resident of the neighborhood or resident of this country. I have, I'm a, I'm a regular person and if you're going to treat me as if I'm a civilian that means that you look at this situation in a fund fundamentally flawed way but when uh when do you ever have time to talk to a, a a police officer in that type of way if there's this type kind of a crisis going on they don't they don't want to talk they just want you to obey their commands immediately yeah there's a video which they consider to be lawful in every case there's a video uh, and thank goodness that everyone has cameras in their hands because they're filming all of this, and it's really hard for the propagandists to spin their tails and spin their yarns. The Ottawa police, 
has taken to Twitter, which is very odd, but there's an official Twitter account for the Ottawa Police Department. And they are spent they are sending out their version of things. They're saying things like, We didn't do the tear gas. The tear gas came from the truckers. And I thought They said that? And I'm thought I'm That's thinking absurd because where does a trucker or anyone, a civilian, where do we get tear gas? Can you buy it at Canadian Tire? Yeah, I, my guess is that tear gas is uh, illegal well, in Canada. I, I, would, I don't know if, if regular folks can buy that even yeah, in I, the United States. Can no, they? I don't know where someone would get tear gas plus the means to like deploy it. Like, I, I, is that something uh, you can just go to a hardware store and buy? I know you can get you can get tannerite and you can shoot that in a bucket and blow up buckets. Uh, I don't know where one would get tear gas. I know you, you can get little self-defense versions of uh, pepper spray and bear spray, but that's not what, that's not anything close to what like deployable crowd control tear gas is. Yeah. If you, if you search for how to buy tear, purchase tear gas, it pulls up all the pepper spray stuff on Amazon. So the, the Ottawa police are just sending out all kinds of, so let me give you some examples here. Looks like Keep Shooting has a six ounce tear gas grenade you can purchase for 25 bucks. You, was, you guys can Google that if you want. I'll, I'm not going to post all the purchasing links. This is, this is, this, this, you know, we talked about last week that the simulation winks at us. It laughs at us. It mocks us too. Like here, here you have the city of Ottawa, five hours ago than the wee hours of the night. I guess uh, five hours ago, the Ottawa's on Eastern time. But they, they're, sell, they're retweeting the city of Ottawa who says, Happy Family Day. They're celebrating a Happy Family Day while the police are literally beating up families. people in front of families, splitting families, trampling families. Threatening to kill your dog. It's... it's Remarkable. You know, and another way that the simulation is mocking us is that the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada, do you remember her name? No. Her name, I don't remember her first name. Her last name is Freeland. Oh, this is the lady that's been on the on the, all the clips saying, "Yeah, we're going to take all your money and keep it permanently and yeah, or we're going to make these regulations permanent and Her name is Freeland. And she's out there telling everybody there is no free land. Yeah, you now live in a in a police state, and it's just irony, and uh, it seems to be lost on most people. But she has deep ties to the WEF, just like her boss Justin Castro. I mean <coughs> Trudeau. <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of discussion in the in the non corporate media about about this and Fox News picked it up quite extensively also. Here's a quote an hour, a tweet an hour ago from the Ottawa police. Okay. Keep in mind they do this with a straight face. There are approximately 100 police checkpoints surrounding the secured area downtown. They have a green zone now. In police there. will simply ask for your reason for traveling within the area. Ottawa drivers, there will be several road closures around Ottawa today that may impact getting around the city. They say it as if there's just construction. Hey, be aware that Main Street has some construction. Please plan accordingly. They're just saying there are 100 checkpoints. Why does a trucker protest require 100 checkpoints? See, what's happened here, 
what's happening is that it's gone from it's gone from hey truckers go home to we're harassing everybody in the city. There's video of a woman walking in Ottawa. I don't think she has anything to do with the truckers, and she's going to get a coffee, right? Well, I think she admitted she was from from Alberta. So okay, well she, maybe if she's a resident of Alberta, <clears throat> then she's automatically assumed to be there with the protest. Maybe, maybe not. And even if so, she wasn't doing anything. She was filming. Yeah, the cop said, the cop, it's very funny. That's what he's mad about. She has her phone in her hand and she's recording. And the cop is, I don't know, 100 feet, 200 feet away. And he comes up to her and says, why is your camera in my face? And she goes, you came up to me. And he immediately, you know, he doesn't like the sass talk. And eventually he just smacks the phone out of her hand or tries to or grabs it. I don't, I couldn't tell if he actually confiscated her phone or not. Well, he was calling it a red zone. This is a red zone. You know, it's, they've made it, they've got all these war terms, right? They've declared war on the truckers. You, you predicted this. I was uh, a little bit hesitant to go so far as to say that I thought they were going to shoot the, you know, bring in the military and shoot the truckers, but they, they went just right up to that edge. They came out and by force, forcibly in an ugly, ugly way, cleared out the center of town. I think they're still doing it, right? They ha- everybody's wearing ski masks. They brought in horses. They trampled a woman on a walker. Uh, and it, and it, or that used a walker. <clears throat> they're knocking people over. And then they blame it on the people. They said that somebody threw a bicycle under the horses, which there's clear evidence, f- photographic evidence that that's a lie. Well, and I thought, who, okay, these streets are covered in snow and ice. It's freezing right there. The who's got there. a bike? And I thought, okay, maybe someone's got a bike. I think they're just trying to tell people lies. I think the, the Ottawa Police Department well, is just the, telling people lies. Didn't the chief of police resign? Yeah, I read something about that. Why? Yeah, I haven't read a lot and about it. Was, and then they, I don't know why. I needed to look more into that. And then the new guy is this guy out in front telling these lies on TV and, and Twitter. And they, they're, they're literally saying things that contradict the photos and the videos that we have. And I think they're doing it with impunity. They know what they're doing. They know they're telling lies, but they're spinning their tails. They're setting their side of the narrative. I don't know why there's any need to lie about this. We can see what's happening. We have reporters on the ground, although some of them have been chased out, beaten up or roughed up and, and prevented from getting in. There's another video of a Rebel News reporter who Rebel News is like the thorn in Trudeau's side. He hates him. And the cops like, he sees this woman's credentials and says, this means nothing to me. You could have laminated this at home. Of course, it's the same as everybody else's press credentials. See, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you, the, the, you, don't, you don't need, need credentials. Permission. You don't need, you That's should the not. You, you should be able to move freely around the you capital You should city. not need credentials or permission to report on events that or, are or happening. Or to just simply go. Right. To move, to move freely, to peaceably assemble, right? The right of the people to peaceably assemble is uh, something that is enshrined in the very first amendment of the U.S. Constitution. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's in the Canadian Charter of Rights, but... Uh, the, well, I think the, it is. That's the, the problem is that to petition the government for, to peaceably petition the government for redress and peaceably assemble is in at least the American First Amendment. And th- that's something the, it appears that the Canadians believe that they have that right because the government had to enact emergency measures to abridge those rights. And that's where we're at is that that's the whole thing with the COVID 
pandemic, quote unquote, is that emergencies trump rights. I learned, and, and now we have some really thin justification for emergencies going on. I learned uh, recently that I think it was in 1980 or in 1981 the Egyptian president was assassinated. Do you remember that? I've I remember reading about it. It was, was that Sadat. Uh, yeah, Anwar, Anwar Sadat. Sadat. Yeah, he was assassinated. Good, good well, I I learned about this. I didn't just learn about the assassination, but I. Uh, and in the wake of that emergency, Egypt suspended its constitutional rights. Because the president had been <clears throat> assassinated. Yeah, they temporarily suspended constitutional rights in Egypt. And do you know how long that temporary suspension lasted? Forever. More than 20 years. 20 years. It, didn't Ronald Reagan say that nothing lasts longer than a temporary government program? He might have. Something it sounds like, like <laughs> something he would say. But <clears throat> we, we know that most of these things are temporarily permanent, right? Like the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act was just temporary, guys. But we're also going to renew it over and over and over and over in perpetuity. <clears throat> I also spent some time last night reading about Kent State, the Kent State massacre, because the reason I went down that rabbit hole, I was thinking, how did Kent State happen? What, what events led up to the National Guard shooting students? And basically what you had was students shooting students or young people shooting young people, because the National Guard was mostly young people. There was an ROTC chapter on the campus of Kent State University. What happened? And the reason I went down that rabbit hole is because I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to see if there were any parallels to what's going on in Ottawa and other parts of Canada and other parts of the world. And there are some parallels. And I don't, want to, I don't think we need to deep dive into Kent State, but there were protests going on, anti-Vietnam War protests. At the time, this was 1970, the war was already a, a, an unmitigated disaster. And the U.S. forces were going into Cambodia. They were escalating the war into Cambodia. Students all over the country were protesting. There was some vandalism. There was some civil disobedience. There's not any real good evidence that the, that was committed by students of Kent State. And then every day on campus, campus had this commons area where people would gather. Students would gather between classes and things and protest the war. They would give speeches, and there were signs. Anyway, uh, it moved beyond politics when the ROTC building was lit on fire. Now, no one was hurt. And th that was a red flag to me. That struck me as odd. Why would a protester light the ROTC building on fire? Why would a student do that? And there's no evidence that a student did do it. And the people who did do it were never, <clears throat> were never apprehended. And it... Maybe that's just my mindset, but it's that stuck Sounds out like to me flag, as a it? false flag. I said, okay, some somebody who wanted to escalate this went in and started a fire in the ROTC building so that they could have an excuse. And then it was uh, just a few hours later, you know, the next day, I think, or maybe a couple days later, that the National Guard opened fire. They killed four people and wounded nine Uh shooting literally just shooting like fish in a bucket these people were on a park and it was like they were lined up and they just 
shot into the crowd indiscriminately. Was there any <clears throat> sort of an event that some sort of a flashpoint that caused them to start shooting or did they just lined up like the British and said, yeah, they showed up. That was the said, escalation. They said disperse and they didn't disperse or they showed yeah, up. There was, started, some, started, there was some, disper- yeah, there was some disperse. Yeah. There was, there was calls to disperse. I think there was even tear gas in the, and the tear gas, there's famous images of the students picking up the tear gas and throwing it back toward them. That right? probably had to do with them. And there was a few rocks thrown. Um, nothing though, in my mind, nothing that would justify the use of guns, especially yeah. on unarmed people. See, it, it, what got me thinking about this was escalation, escalation. What's going on in Ottawa, Canada is a giant inconvenience to some right. people, right? The truckers are engaging in a big act of civil disobedience. No one disputes that. And it's inconvenient. Sure. Yeah, but it's still peaceable But it's assembly. peaceful. It, they haven't vandalized anything. They haven't hurt anybody. Well, they, but they, but they're they not burning anything to, down. To tell lies about that. That's, that's part of the problem is that they, they've tried to create a pretext for the emergency by saying that they're, right. on, they're on the edge, and that, right? And the police chief's out there saying it's violent. Right. And they haven't, there's no violence. Which is why you need agent provocateurs and false flags. But, uh, but there's even been a... a a surprising lack of that at the, this right, this, this truckers occupation you want to call it that has been very peaceful well when the when the coots <clears throat> the coots protest was going on that that was at the montana alberta border and the authorities found quote unquote a bunch of guns and and ra- and rounded up like a, a few people that had guns and the protesters held a press conference that said, look, they found guns. It's a false flag. We're out of here. So they wrapped up when they saw that going on. They're like, yeah. okay, now the truth is never going to be known if, if we don't right. bail out. So, and what's funny is the agent provocateur and false flag theme that, that shows up everywhere in movies, you know, right. but it's funny that there's a segment of the population that's unwilling to like a significant segment that's unwilling to recognize that that's probably something that goes on all the time in military and well, political uh, yeah, operations. Mean, we, we know it does. We, we well, know it does. We do, but there's a bunch of people who well, won't believe it unless CNN says it's uh, Russia uh, that's doing it or, it, or MSNBC says Putin's doing it. A quick, a quick relative related side note is Joe, Joe Rogan had a man on his podcast named, I better look this up so I get it right, but he, he was... Uh, he was a former um, Islamicist. His name was Majid Nawaz. He has a book called Radical. He was he he admits that he was a terrorist, but he was never violent. He was a, a information. He was trained in information warfare. He wanted to establish basically a caliphate through peaceful means, through infiltration, through. Uh, he said what they would do is they'd go to Islamic majority states and they would recruit military officers into their cause and they would take over the the government from the inside out and he served time in prison in Egypt and uh, it's an interesting story i had not i'd not heard of it and he goes into a little bit on the Joe Rogan podcast but he he talks about sort of this infiltration and the psychological warfare and this is something I want to look more into, but he mentioned that in Pakistan, the CIA instrumented fake 
fake smallpox vaccine campaigns to try to control the public. And would they just kill the people? What, would, what was the point I don't, of the I don't, fake? Or they would get po- they would get smallpox from it. Or? I don't remember now. He he just says there, and 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 they kind of they they found the headline in a mainstream article, and he says now we now now you understand a little bit why in Middle Eastern countries vaccine clinics are blown up because people are people mistrusting. people are mistrusting yeah. of them. The point is, and we could we could look deeper into that maybe another time, because I'd never heard of it before. He kind of mentioned it. The point is that there are psyops happening all over the world, and the, and the U.S. government is especially involved. I think I think the Ukraine business is a psyop. It's them. It's the United States government provoking Putin. Well, that that may be something we want to talk about a little bit more. Zero Hedge, who's generally pretty fair, reporting from independent reporters on. A, a lot of that have a lot of different angles, varying angles, and then they do their own reporting. They're right now running a the top headline that um, Putin quote will make a decision today whether to recognize separatist republics. Because uh, I think what's more likely to happen in Ukraine is the separatists start fighting against the Ukrainian government with Russia feeding them g- material. I, I don't know if Putin's squeaky clean in this one or not. That's a well, right. And, he and, would, I, don't th- I think he's very unlikely to have Russia invade, but he's certainly likely to pup, prop up a puppet government, which is exactly what the United States intelligence services have been doing in Ukraine, even. But yeah. around the world, that's typical well, of them to do it. And Ukraine acts as a money launderer for corrupt oligarch business West, Western deals. Western oligarchs? Western, like... Uh, uh, I don't know, Hunter Biden? Yeah, that's one, Joe of the, Biden? that's one of the things that's been lost from the discussion, even in the alternate media, is how much connection there is between the Bidens and the Ukrainian government. Right, you have to ask yourself, why, or, or oligarchs why did the press and the government agencies, the alphabet agencies, the IC intelligence community, why did they go to so much trouble to suppress the story of Hunter Biden's involvement in Ukraine? It's not just the salacious stuff that for some reason he documented and kept on a laptop <clears throat> it's the business deals that are the real problem and uh obviously obviously there's been some underhanded things there that Joe Biden was able to negotiate and wrangle based on his standing as the vice president and a senator and Hunter Biden was the front man what what you're saying is that it's not the salacious illegal stuff that really should give us pause about Joe Biden it's all of the legal influence peddling it's all the stuff that would make him look bad that's not being talked about but is plain and obvious and in your face well what it would what is what it would have unmasked fully is the deep deep corruption that he's been involved in his entire political career yeah and nobody seems to care no because we have netflix and we can still go buy a 22 I think a lot of people do care, but the, the, in order for people to, quote, care, it has to be on corporate media. Does the corporate right. media really still have that kind of pull? Because the, that's the weird place we're caught in right now. We're seeing police state Canada develop, and it, this is a slow-moving rug pull, if it's a rug pull, or it's a slow-moving takeover, if, if it's a takeover, because... It takes a while for the regular people to go beyond politics. They went, yeah. they're, they're willing to go into the civil disobedience side of things, right? 
you know, people are generally prone to suffer while the abuses are sufferable, according to the Declaration. That 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 document, the Declaration of Independence, that f- those first couple of paragraphs are so enlightened. They're like, they are scripture, in my opinion. The first few paragraphs. They're, they're literally truth immortalized, uh, you know, by the sacrifice of those Americans that fought the civil, fought the, uh, excuse me, the Revolutionary War that, that brought us the, the country that has now run amok and is, you know, how do you say it? We're our our political elite and the the oligarchy that controls it are destroying the world. They're running amok in in the world at large right now. You asked if the media still has that much influence. I I think <clears throat> I think that the answer to that question is there's there's different answers to it. I I don't think they do, but they. Uh, from a day to day, I don't think they do. But during times of crisis, what do people do? They turn on the news. Yeah. They want to be informed. They want to know what's going on. And of course, they're not being informed. They're being lied to. I also think another big part of this that is that most, I think most of us are slow to admit that the world is unraveling before our eyes. We want to believe that everything is fine. All is well in Zion. Everything is fine. This too shall pass. It's just a pandemic. It's just two weeks to slow the curve. It's just two, it's just two more weeks. It'll all pass. Oh, the mandates will be lifted. Everyone involved has our best interest at mind. They're just making a few mistakes. They're, they're figuring this out as they go. They want to believe that everything is fine and that the world is not descending into darkness. Because who wants to admit that the, no one wants to take the black pill? No one wants the black pill. And yet the reality of the situation is that we are spiraling into darkness that I don't think any of us have ever known. But if you and I really believe that, wouldn't we be doing different things with our lives? Because let me ask the question here. Perhaps the media's most significant effect right now, the corporate media, the oligarchy media, perhaps its biggest influence right now is not, I mean, it's partially the, the true believers. It's partially the people that it's controlling, which is a small, small percentage of the country. I think that's, I mean, we've talked about that, maybe 20, 30% of the country that has the mass psychosis. But maybe its biggest role right now and its biggest influence is that it deters the regular people by creating doubt in their minds as to what they should do and whether or not they are part of the majority. That's its biggest effect. It's like the, the regular people are not able to see that they're in a majority. They're not able to see that their friends are believing. And so this, this constant uh, propaganda warfare against your mind is telling you, yeah, but if, if, you, if you go out on a limb and you take any action or speak out, you're going to get wrapped up. You're going to get your, your funds seized, your bank account seized. You're going to get um, ostracized from society. You may get thrown in jail. You may, you, you, nobody will like you. You're in a minority. Just by telling people that, it doesn't say, they're not openly saying that, but by, by what they report that is cognitively dissonant to what the reality is, People who see the reality, which is, I think, a lot of people now are seeing it. They, they, they're 
its its effect is that it renders most of us inert. It, re- it it takes us out of the game. And I and I argued that about the whole coronavirus thing. It was to to take society and render us inert as the the, the good people in society, make them inert while the oligarchy continued to, to perform its nefarious uh, objectives. Yeah, I think you're right. <clears throat> Nobody wants to be labeled an anti-vaxxer or a extremist. Yeah, it's funny how if, if you ever say anything bad about the vaccine, you have to say, I'm not against the idea of vaccines, but... Right. It appears that this industry has completely been unaccountable since 1996 when they passed the first in, indemnification laws. I mean, right. So, well, so take it, take it. You want me to take a shot from a from an industry that has no accountability? They will never be held accountable for not legally. They have legal Im- immunity. There, what could go wrong there over twenty five years? What 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 could possibly? Well, only the biggest fine in U.S. history. <laughs> Pfizer paid the biggest fine in U.S. history. Was that even for vaccines? I don't know. What I think it was they were for. just bribing doctors over some drug. Yeah, well, they do that. That's called that's, that's common. What, that's that's what the FDA exists for is to take your bribes. I mean, that's what the FDA is. The FDA is just the the collection agency for the pharmaceutical bribes. I mean, that's that's not even controversial to say that. Well, this this <laughs> week we had a, a they don't project, call it bribes. We had a project Veritas reveal that happened this week, right? Where it's they research got research funding. Where they got a guy on on camera saying, "Yeah, this is a fountain of recurring revenue for them, and we get billions of dollars from was it millions or billions of dollars from these client companies every year?" Meaning the FDA gets that. No, oh, yeah, the FDA gets uh, gets billions of dollars from the people, the agencies, or the co- corporations that they are designed to regulate. I mean, this this is as old as time, right? It's it's you you buy off the regulators, and then they they get you favorable regulations. I mean, that's what lobbyists do. Lo- lobbyists sit in the lobby, and they promise favors to their representatives, and the representatives in turn create favorable policy. I mean. Look at Spencer Cox, our venerable governor from Utah. Mm-hmm. Quote, he, just, unquote. he just announced recently that he's going to veto a school choice bill that's working its way through the legislature. Spencer Cox received $75,000 from the National Teachers Union, not to mention endorsements and probably money from the Utah Education Association. Yeah, why is the National Teachers Union caring about it? Right, right. And that was one of his biggest funders, biggest single fund source of funding was the NEA. And of course he's 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 uh he's paid paying off that debt in kind. He moved teachers to the front of the vaccine line, which regardless of the effectiveness of this vaccine, the, keep in mind the teachers in this state were given the opportunity to get the vaccine before the old and vulnerable. Okay? They were the first group of public after of course the nurses and doctors because they're the most important people in the world right now <clears throat> apparently <laughs> a hero lives here and look i don't want to downplay doctors and nurses but if you're a doctor or a nurse look you have some serious public relations problems not to just patch that up but you, you personally you personally ought to de- 
decide if you're on the side of people or on the side of the policies and the institutions that you work for because, you know, you're starting to get a very bad reputation. If you're going to act like they're acting, if you're going to, if you're going to embrace all of their policies, all of their nefarious dealings and, and, and you're going to let that get in the way of you helping people. Why did you even get into the profession? Is that, is it just for yeah. greed? Yeah, and I, I don't want to go too much into it, but it was always bizarre. There's a to lot me. of cognitive dissonance there La- right now. Last year, you had nurses on Twitter and TikTok t- complaining about how hard their day was, and it's like you you literally went into a profession that's only job. Its only job is to take care of sick people, and now you're complaining about taking care of sick people and how somehow you, that makes you a hero to right. take care of sick people. If you're in the medical profession, you need to ask yourself what cognitive dissonances you hold. And recognize that <laughs> there's a lot of your clientele out there that's that you're going to lose. Well, I think o- it, over these it, issues, it goes back to it goes back to something you alluded to with the is the media being deliberately collapsed? Is it a controlled demolition of the media to destroy our trust in the media? Yes, I think it is, and I think it's also a controlled demolition of all our major institutions including the medical apparatus, including the hospital systems, the doctors, the nurses, the media, business, government, it's all being systematically demolished because, and let me quote here, let me uh, look up this quote, because, it reminds me of Monsters, Inc., because, (laughs) that was a movie that I saw over and over and over and over and over because of the age of my kids when it came out. Oh, okay. And they loved that movie. So I used to be able to like quote the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm just stalling here because I can't find this quote, but the reason that all of these the reason that all of these institutions are being dismantled is, is. because of the many diverse and fascinating challenges we face today, the most intense and important is how to understand the shape and shape the new technology revolution, which entails nothing less than a transformation of humankind. We are at the beginning of a revolution that is fundamentally changing the way we live, work, and relate to one another. In its scale, scope, and complexity, what I consider to be the fourth industrial revolution is unlike anything humankind has experienced before. That, friends and listeners and ladies and gentlemen, is the first sentence on the first page of the fourth industrial revolution by Klaus Schwab. It's a book he wrote. And in the first sentence, he just spells it all out. He goes on to say other things, but the, the, they, the they here, Schwab being sort of the public front man, are, are telling us exactly what they're going to do. When they tell you what they're going to do, when they tell you who they are, believe them, believe them, because they are enacting this right in front of our eyes. They are fundamentally changing the way we live and work and interact with one another, and we're only seeing the beginnings of it. All of this, and I, I keep saying this, I'm going to beat this drum, all of this is leading to one ultimate end, end goal, and that is a digital currency. Truckers 
in Canada had their bank accounts frozen. The police have said it. Anyone involved with this. But they're going to just steal their money. I don't, know what, I don't know what involved means. Is it, are you involved if you retweet it? Are you involved if you donated 20 bucks? Are you involved if you watch it on television? Anyone involved with this will be hunted down. They will, they're going to go January 6th on the people Any, here. Anybody involved in this peaceful protest, anybody involved right. in this peaceful assembly petitioning the government for a redress of grievances. The sad part about all of this is that, well, there's, oh, there's a lot of sad parts, but it could have all been avoided if we had just said no to mask mandates and lockdowns in the very beginning. But this could all go away if Trudeau, who if he weren't a coward and a spoiled brat, if he would sit down with a coalition of some of these guys and say, let's talk this through. Or, or if, if that's even, he could just say, we're lifting all the mandates. Let's get, let's get Canada back to work. Where, where's their parliamentary system in this whole thing? When do they vote? You, you served a mission there. What's the, isn't there some sort of a legislative check against this or is it, uh, is it different because it's one of these Commonwealth countries that devolved out of the British I, crown? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Evolved. I, I, I do know that their parliament, like Britain's cup parliament, is a lot more rowdy yeah, I get than that, ours. I said that wrong. I get that the, I think the parliamentary system was improvement on the crown system, but I don't think the crown's influence really it just went underground, is what I'm saying. Sure. You know, especially in, in the in the UK, they still have a House of Lords, right? Yeah. And I don't I don't know when when elections are, and and how often they are for like a, a representative. You know, society at large, if the, if it, if we're going to continue with the governments we have, if it if it does remain stable, we have to take a good long look at at these emergency powers acts because right now it appears you can just declare an emergency and do whatever you want, which is incredibly dangerous to our democracy. <laughs> Incredibly dangerous to our democracy. But it's true. It's true. And, and already you have people making noises about some of these things becoming permanent, right? These emergency, emergency acts becoming permanent. Wasn't that what permanent free, masks, Freeman, Freeland. Lady Freeland, yeah, was saying? Is that they're going to make these, these uh, measures permanent because they can't have people protesting in a way that's meaningful. That's the problem. You can't have people protest in a way that's meaningful. And if, that, if they take away your ability to block the streets, then wh- where do the people go next? Then, they come, then out come the pitchforks and the torches, right? Yeah, and I still think, I still think th- this has the potential to be another Kent state where there's going to be bodies uh, in Ottawa, and I hope not. I really do. But a few dead bodies and some bad press and maybe throwing Justin Trudeau to the wolves is is worth is a price worth paying for these people. These people like Schwab and whoever controls him have been working towards this goal for a long long time. Here's an interesting uh, bit from a from the Canadian Parliament. Let me just uh, play this for you. around the world 
He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy. Uh, order, order, order. I, I know he was. I know the, uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the the, the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Um, and I and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, Sounded uh, pretty let's clear to again. me. The honourable, the, the, the honourable member for Timmins James Bay. Mr. Speaker, that member is promoting open disinformation. That's not debate. We have to call out disinformation. Uh, I'm going to get into debate again. Uh, the honourable member... We'll have to link to that video, but there, there you have uh, some member of the Canadian Parliament asking about who's on Klaus Schwab's Let's team. remember that, that Klaus Schwab is on video saying... We have penetrated governments, including Canada. We read that with, with our best German accent last time. So it's not disinformation. That video exists. It's out there. So it's reasonable to ask, who are the people in your neighborhood? Who are these people? And this other guy, I don't know who the follow-up was, but ah, it's disinformation. No, it isn't. It's, it's not disinformation well, at all. His, the guy's video and audio feed was not bad. Right. It was perfectly clear. <laughs> Otherwise, how did the guy know it was disinformation? He must have been able to hear him loud and clear, just like we were all able to. But it's clear to me that these words, like Klaus Schwab and WEF, are trigger words that people know, you shut that down. Shut that down immediately. We do not talk about this. Well, we know that, I think her name's Christine. We know that Freeland is involved. We know that Trudeau is involved. I saw a list of a, a whole bunch of other people in Canadian politics that are involved with the WEF and Young Global Leaders. And maybe we can find that and link to it um, eventually. But, but the quote, the quote from, from Schwab is, he talks about An Angela Merkel, Vladimir Putin, and he says more than half of Trudeau's cabinet are actually young global leaders at the WEF. That's what he said. So it's reasonable to follow up on that and ask about it. And how does it so what does it all mean? What does this all mean? Well, it means that there is a, a shadow government, an unelected group of influencers and people and money that are shaping the 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 politics and the policies and the in the direction of our, of our lives. They say, we want to fundamentally change the way you live. We want to shape this fourth industrial revolution. Well, no one asked you to do that. No one voted for you to do that. And now we're seeing the fruits of their labor. This has been underground for a long time. Infiltration takes a long time. Now they've got the right people, the right, the right Manchurians in the right places, and we're seeing the fruits of that. And my question to all of you is, do you like what you see? <laughs> because it, it, this is what really keeps me up at night, is the global digital currency. A, a digital currency will end the world. It will end everything. Because they can, they can control everything you do. <clears throat> you want to buy a birthday cake? Sorry. Your junk food allotment is spent. You can buy uh, a loaf of kale if you want. You want to buy meat? <laughs> a kale cake? You want to buy meat? No, we don't, we don't sell meat anymore. The cows are all dead. They were ruining the environment. But you can buy some 
insect beyond patties. meat. Yeah, you can buy some bug paste. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? How about, hey, we just found out that you, uh, back in 1996, you voted for Bob Dole. <laughs> Sorry, but we're docking your global pay. You're, we're, we're docking <laughs> your gov coins. Hey, we just, we just got information that you had a conversation with your neighbor that said that you, you didn't like Mr. Chairman Schwab. Your accounts are frozen. See, the, you can come up with endless scenarios for them to punish you, and they can do it with their global coin, their gov coin. That's all the, the, that's really the only thing left. They already control the media, they control the hospitals, they control the governments, they control uh, the militaries. They'll go to war when they want to go to war. They'll go to war when they want to go to war, where they want to go to war. The only thing left is controlling us at a granular level. And the easiest and best way to do that is GovCoin. So it sounds like you're uh, kind of, do do you still factor in the rug pull idea here that they're going to pull the rug out from under some of these leaders because of public outcry? Or do you feel like, I mean, because the way... The way it's looking with Canada right now, it's, it looks bad, but it's a slow motion thing, right? Like it takes a, it's going to take a while for the regular people to get riled up, up enough to take the next step. And if, if they're able to have fair elections or even remotely fair elections, it seems like there's a landslide coming, especially in the United States here in, the, in, in this, this next election against uh, the perceived status Democrats. The problem is the Republicans, Yeah, the status Republicans may not be much better. The question is who's running against them, right? But I, I bring this up because, you know, in, in the United States here, I, I'm looking at an article here that says President Biden has extended the U.S. national emergency over COVID-19. So he said he will extend the uh, national emergency that was declared in early 2020 due to COVID-19 beyond March 1st, citing what he called, quote, a risk to the public health and safety. So what that means in, in the United States, I think, is that just money will continue to flow. I don't know that it has much to do with the restrictions because those are more state by state, but the funding mechanism remains in place to... Yeah, and that's why I to mean to take advantage of us. It's like Gov- Governor Herbert here in in Utah before you know he he uh, he was governor before Cox. Cox was his lieutenant governor. Um, he loved to declare states of emergencies because you can get federal money. By the way, Governor Cox was in the state legislature legislature for only a few months before he was tagged as lieutenant governor. I didn't realize how short a time it was. It was like five months. He's a pretty young guy. He's, uh... but, but why choose an unknown legislator from Spanish Fork via Fairview who has n- not even been in the legislature right. long enough to know how to get to the legislate, le- you know, to get to the Capitol building without well, Google? Po- politics have always been thought of as dirty. And I think we're right now, um, the majority of. Americans are starting to realize how dirty it really is. It's very, very dirty. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I would almost say that it's all dirty. Like, there's, you don't politically advance without compromising your soul. It's and a possibility, break, yeah. 
that you're not going to get anywhere past your local city council. And he, having having seen some things that go on with our local city council, I right. am, am significantly concerned. But there, there's this. Is there a mass awakening? Will will we like molasses finally flow over the edge and get this done, or well, are they going to be able to get? I mean, we have to start. Do the trucker protest? Why did the trucker protest happen? It's because they they crossed the line for a lot of these people, and so they decided to you know what the heck we're going to just stop working and we're going to go down there and protest. But now when people the shooting starts when people get desperate, when they have even less to lose, right? Isn't that, doesn't it take a, an economic collapse to put people in that scenario to, to, yeah, and so that, to make people that That makes upset? me wonder. So there's two things here. We have to start trying to figure out what it is we want. Like, it's not enough just to say, hey, the WF is trying to reshape everything about our lives. That's well, the start. Of pe- a lot of people are talking about that now. A lot of people are talking but about it have, in, the, in the shadows, in the in the alternate circles. But we've got to we've got to figure out what the counter to that is. How how do we want everything centralized, or do we want decentralization? So we need a counter revolution of decentralization, and that means stripping power away from your governors, your mayors, your city councilmen, your county yeah, but commissioners. That's not going to happen. Your church leaders, your judges. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm sort of blackpilled today. I'm feel, I'm feel, because because as long I'm quoting, you know, going back to to Johnstone, as long as we have our Netflix and we can go down to Walmart and buy a 22, we think we're free. We are well, on the we are on the verge of we are on the verge of the most tal- totalitarian era in human history. Because yeah, the everything that- they they will be able to control everything if they get this GovCoin off the ground. And the way to do that, and you said an economic collapse is coming. Yes, it is. And I think it comes before the 2022 elections. Because the 2022 elections are going to be a referendum on all of this. And this summer could look very bad. Because they can just, dis- they can just topple the system and, and eliminate the dollar. Basically, they'll come out and, and they can say, the dollar... The printing press of the Federal Reserve is no longer viable. We're thirty trillion in debt. We can't print our way out of debt, but we can just wipe it clean and make it all go away. And here's your digital currency. I think they need more calamity for well, the, and, than and just ec- an economic collapse. An economic collapse is going to create all kinds of calamity because, as we've said, we're all three days away from barbarism. What happens in an economic collapse is that. And I'm not just saying a stock market collapse. I'm saying that you, your, your money, your digital... You're, you're talking about something that makes the Great Depression look tame. I'm saying that your electronic money that's in the bank, that number that is on your phone when you log into your bank account... That it goes away. It becomes zero. Or worse yet, you just can't... It's just gone. Or you can't even get into the bank. Or not accessible. Right. It, either way, it doesn't matter. So you're... Ta- and we've talked about this before. We've posited it. We've put it forth. We've proposed <laughs> the idea that there's a... Uh, the potential for a transactional cessation, a cessation of transactions, cyber attack, right? Cyber polygon. Yeah, yeah. That idea. That's, that's just the be- thing. They're gonna. It's, they're gonna bring it to a grinding halt for a couple of weeks. People are gonna go crazy. The national guard's gonna have to give food out because people aren't prepared. And and we can't because we can't have basic transactions occurring. All commerce ceases. That's what you're talking about. 
Yeah, you have you'll have a trampling uh, of the grocery stores. Everything's going to go. Uh, you'll have people with cash out there that are trying to spend it, and the stores are saying, "We can't take your cash." Yeah, or they'll take right. it, and, and but but the or stores small. the stores will be empty in twenty four hours. With people that have by people that have cash. Yeah, if you can still buy stuff, or they'll just steal it. People will just loot. That's right. The <laughs> one way or another, the stores so are going to be empty. We're really we're really sort of considering a, a situation here that does look like a movie. Yeah, yeah. And because it, people will go crazy. And we've already seen this on Black Fridays and, and on pre-hurricane situations. We, we saw it a little bit when they, when they shut down the world for coronavirus. We saw it in 2020 in, in the spring, yeah. Now, but but, now, the, but that, now was imagine, a, that was though, an orderly situation. But yeah, now imagine, now imagine you take the order out of it. You take the currency out of it. You, 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 you no longer have access to your bank account. You no longer have the internet. You no longer have the TV. You, don't, you no longer have the, the bread and the circus. What happens when you take the bread and circus away from the people? They're going to riot. And I think yeah. they want that. They want, you, we've talked about how the, the oligarchy, the, the powers that be don't want to preside over, they don't want to rule over a, a dystopian, you know, destructive world. You know, they don't want to be kings of the road. You know, the story, the road, the, the, uh, Cormac McCarthy novel. You're going to have to fill the blanks in there for well, me. I never a, watched the movie. Well, it's a post-apocalyptic where the world's just destroyed, right? Uh-huh. It's Mad Max type thing. They don't want that. I agree with that. But they're willing to have it for a little while to get what they want. Or have it something that at least looks like that yeah. or makes people think yeah, if, that's if, what, if, what it's going to be. If 20 million people or whatever die, who cares, right? I, I think the more, the more close analog is the balkanization of... Uh, the Balkans, <laughs> the Balkanization stuff that's gone on with like Bosnia, Herzegovina, yeah. all of that over there. There have been plenty of, those societies have continued to operate, but they they went through all these fits and starts and, and shortages and and wars. and. It would be hard though to- Disruption. Let's imagine a scenario here in the United States where there's that sort of breakup, right? But and it happens in the in the wake of a complete collapse. Uh, th- that would still. By be the way, very- that would be a good T-shirt for our listeners out there: the Balkanization of the Balkans. <laughs> it would be it would be very difficult to to create your own country or whatever in that scenario because again, the oligarchy has all the big guns. The oligarchy controls funding. So you'd have to create your own currency. Well, I think they're perfectly comfortable splitting the nation of the United States into regions. Sure, and if making they can the people, control making them all. the people think that they're going to get some autonomy, but they control the currency. Yeah, if the it, as long as the money is controlled, and let's be honest, the fiat money, the paper money now is controlled. The dollar is controlled, but not. They still can't on a granular personal level. They can't stop me from going out and buying junk food or a gun or uh, something that they deem unnecessary. Like this isn't just, this, this, so all the big they're retailers, already talking about this stuff. They're so all- here's the scenario. So, so the, the big retailers, the places where we buy most of our stuff will require the GovCoin. Well, it'll be and, the only And yeah, then the only they currency. will, then their currency, well, no, let's say you break the, the Intermountain West off. Say you've got Utah, Nevada, Arizona, parts of uh, Colorado and, and New Mexico. You realize how statist Colorado and New Mexico are? They're very controlled. Those, yeah, even though Utah's bad, 
you, Those guys Utah's are, right behind them. Yeah. And it's an infiltration and a takeover of these more independent states. Wyoming, yeah. Idaho, Montana, beware. Beware. Right. You're next. Anyway, um, maybe there's a coalition of Western states that in the Intermountain West area that sort of forms up, but uh, if if it doesn't, if if it's just balkanization and it doesn't end up in a total the road scenario, uh, where all, everything totally breaks down, the big corporations and we've talked about this idea before they continue to persist, right? So the Home Depots, the uh, WalMarts, the food chains, and then they all because they're controlled by the oligarchy right now owned either in part or in full by some sort of mega corporation, right? Because all the mom and pops have sold out. Even Macy's sold out around here, right? They're no longer owned by, they're not locally owned and operated. So if they sell out. That's a grocery store, not Macy's, the department store. <laughs> There's some confusion there sometimes. Sorry. So I guess what I'm saying is if, if all of those if if the main operators then say, well, we only are going to take GovCoin, it doesn't really matter what the rest of the 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 coalition of states or the people in those states say, because their service providers only take the GovCoin. Right, and 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 this is where things start to unravel because let's say that let's say there's a a small geographical area where there's a bunch of independent, free-minded, liberty minded people, right? They're going to have to be, if they're allowed to persist and not just nuked or rolled over by global, tanks. global corps tanks, they're going to have to become completely and utterly self-sufficient, which means you're not going to have Walmarts with you don't, you packaged You don't see a goods. two-tiered society here where, where the Walmart is fenced in and the, literally and figuratively where like uh, there's people in the valley trading and, and you can get certain types of goods, but then you go to the, you go to the controlled, the, the, you go past the control point and now you have to use the government stuff to get the other stuff. I mean, that sounds like I've seen movies that have I mean, yeah, sort but, of but, elaborated on that theme. But I'm talking about a group of people that rejects even that. See, here's the thing, though. We think of, well, Walmart will look just like it does now. No, it won't. The, the things on the shelves will all be government approved, more so than they are now. Uh, you're not going to be able to go and buy your diet, Dr. Pepper. Maybe you're allotted one can a week. But the, the, I'm, I'm borrowing a little bit from uh, Majid Nawaz. He, he talks about, and I hope I've said that right, it's a voucher system. It's going to be, the GovCoin will just be vouchers. Here's your, here's your allotment of bread for the week. Hope it's enough. Here's your, you know, 1984, our, our ration of chocolate has been increased from 12 grams to 20 grams because of our great success in the war. That's what we're looking, the, the type of control. When they, when they can control what we buy, they can control everything else. But can it really be that bad? I'm imagining more like some of these f- future movies where it's, there's scavenging going on and there's, yeah, I think uh, some of that will certainly there, exist. There's a, there's a black market, and then there's the regular controlled market, and people people are kind of avoiding the cops. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. That's a, a that will definitely exist because the the 1984 model is really bleak. It's like everything is controlled, and so I think we're, what I'm saying is I agree 
that it's headed in that direction. It's not headed in the full-on totalitarian mo- model. But imagine though, imagine though, you live in a a larger suburban and uh, like city. A, area. You live in a green zone, right? Like if if you live in the wilds of Montana, you know, if if you if you live in in the outskirts of Western Montana, it's going to be easier to barter and co- you know co- collaborate and coordinate with your neighbors and say. You know, assuming that they still own cattle or chickens that or they whatever, they can keep their land. They can, they, yeah, and they can keep land, and they're then they, they, you could subside, subsist for a while. But if you live in the Wasatch Front, that's going to be a lot harder to do. It's easier to surveil us. It's easier to stop us from leaving. It's easier to uh, control what the stores sell, what's on the shelves. Right? Could you imagine checkpoints at, at uh, say? North Salt Lake, Tremonton, and Springville, or not not Springville, uh, Santa Quin. Yeah, Santa you know, Quin or I mean, the, It would the, be really the, easy the to Wasatch shut us in The Wasatch Front there is super easy to control. Can you imagine checkpoints at, at Walmart? Yes, because yes. they had those last year. There were literal checkpoints at our local Walmart where they had barricades. I don't know if you remember the barricades. It, it was like a... a, a Right, you know, a movie line or a Disneyland ride where you had to okay, go so, through these lines, and at the at the door they yeah, said, "Yeah, I remember. Do you have your mask?" Okay, so uh, <laughs> it's layers upon layers. We're being conditioned, which yeah, makes yeah. me think, which makes me think that Bitcoin may be all part of the psyop to condition us to these digital currencies. And what's going on in Ottawa with these cops who might may or may not be Canadian? Uh, they're showing up covering their badges and things like that. See what Bobby's doing here. Yeah. And they're covering their faces. They got to wear the balaclavas. They got to wear the, the ski masks so that you can't see them they're, They've got the tow truck companies wearing ski masks and covering up their logos. Cause the, the people are pretty upset. Now you don't get to GovCoin by just, you know, having a bank shut down and then implementing it the next day. Right, no, that, or the it, next week. You this probably is, have a year of calamity. So imagine the this in between phase and what it actually finally ends up like. It could be a multi-decade type of a phase of, you know. But the 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 infrastructure is all being put in place for this to happen. The vaccine passports easily morph into a uh, social credit passport social credit system yeah I, I feel like i feel like you and i have kind of switched roles here like you're you're looking at this impending calamity like with real intensity like it's it's really going to happen soon and i'm trying to find a way th- to make myself think that it's not actually going to happen that well, I, soon I, I don't know when it's going to happen well, you you argue <clears throat> before the you were just barely saying before the election that the, the, the next wave hits before the election it, and it has to hit earlier <clears throat> Early enough to make some sort of an impact on the election, or or remember, or, or is this one of those suspend the election? Well, remember in twenty twenty there was hints and talks of suspending the election, right? Or they remember they they held a uh, John Podesta held a uh, a war game, you know, a role play on yeah. on what to do to contest the election, and there was talk of should the election be suspended because of the pandemic. It didn't really go anywhere. Well, I'm not sure people are going to believe the outcome of this election either. Right, right. And that's that every election now is going to be thrown into doubt. The last two elections and the reactions and the, and the way people have, act, uh, the way that any viable investigation has been treated is, is going to throw every future, especially national, you know, presidential elections into doubt. 
but even there's there you know there's questions about our our local elections i mean i always forget the county was it like iron county or something here in utah had problems and a guy a county commissioner brought him up and was fired and it was all hushed up and forgotten about because there was bad uh you know, just in a local rural county commission. Yeah, it was Bruce Funk, Emory County, 2006. Look that up. But 2022, they don't, I don't think they want a big referendum on this. They don't want the people, because an election that just sweeps these people out of office emboldens the people. To sit, and the people after that say, we were right. And you are not in the majority. All of you lockdowners and you mask zealots are wrong. Yeah, that's what tr- the Trump election kind of did in right. 2016. So I don't know. I don't know if they let that happen or not. And and I don't know if one way to do it is to in in the wake of a giant economic calamity that could happen this summer, they say midterm elections have been suspended because uh, of the crisis, the ongoing emergency. Because in an emergency, they can do whatever they want. Right. Have we, have we talked on the podcast about my theory about the eclipse coming in 2024? I don't know if we have. Uh, with the X over the states? Yeah. Now, I, maybe we mentioned this, but let me just recap it really quick. Because we had a, in 2017, we had an eclipse that kind of went from Florida up through Oregon. And then seven, six and a, six. And 6.67 years later, six and two thirds years later, or 6.66 years later, uh, roughly, there is another eclipse occurring in 2024 that's going to go from Southern California all the way up through the east. So, and and the 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 path there is just the path at where people can see that eclipse, and so it, it's. Uh, you know, in modern times, we kind of track these the paths of where these eclipses are. In ancient times, you'd just see the eclipse happen, or you'd be expecting it, and they they wouldn't necessarily make an inference as to the geographical area where it was going, right? So ecl- eclipses generally in the esoteric world or the ancient world are considered bad omens because darkness blots out the sun or the light source. If it's the moon, it's you know, slightly less dramatic, but have you seen one of these eclipses? Did you see the last one? Mm-hmm. It's really phenomenal. Where yeah, when I, I got the, some pretty cool photos. All the birds like don't know what's going on. They all start flying for their roosts and uh, or their nests. Uh, it's surreal how the the twilight effect starts to happen, and and you, yeah, you can was, look up at the sun, and everybody goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was neat. It was a it's cool really thing cool. to see. It's really cool. Well, anyway, it's a bad omen because the light light is being blotted out. And I th- I think we've definitely addressed the idea that we think the oligarchy and the controllers, especially at the top levels, are very spiritual, dark spiritual, very occultist. They have a they have a not a similar but a they have a symbolic esoteric type of an attitude like we we have here on this podcast you know they're very spiritual and they 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 do things for certain reasons or or they think of things in certain ways that might seem subjective because they're couched in spiritualism or esotericism or you know ash, astrology not astronomy right um but I think they're playing on the other team <laughs> is, right. is the big thing. And so I think that they have 
anticipated this eclipse and the intention is to try and have their takeover, at least the destruction of America coincide with the, the eclipse pattern going from 2017 to 2024. What happened in 2017? Not a lot specifically happened, but the year before Donald Trump was selected for office. That's my opinion. I think they ran Hillary Clinton because she's the absolute worst candidate, not because she was going to beat Trump, but because they knew she'd lose to Trump. And they, because these people owned Google from the beginning, they know they have what's called Google Analytics, meaning most websites use Google to track their stats because it's free. And therefore, if you, if you can aggregate that data, you know what people are looking at and what they're saying and what they're thinking. And they knew that there was a populist uprising. They know that people are not on board with the, this mass psychosis. They know that right now. So it, they're, they're acting accordingly. And the, the thing that they did, if you're going to try to manage or control nations and masses of population, go with the flow is the way that it works. You don't... You, you, you don't try to create an open peasant uprising against you. You try to create and foment an uprising that works for you. Or if there's an uprising, or if there's a, a groundswell of feeling or, or ideas, you have to take that and co-opt it. You Like the Tea Party. Remember the Tea Party from 2008-2009? Yeah. What happened to that? supposedly it became the Donald Trump thing. No, it it got swallowed up in in, in big money. And then then it it sort of reemerged in in the Donald Trump um, election. But just like in chess, chess is is an interesting situation, right? It's an interesting strategy game. You, You basically, piece by piece, try to take away the other guy's ability to move. You you kind of you you try to make them more and more and more predictable and trap them by taking away their pieces until the outcome becomes sure. And so, the, I think the Donald Trump election was evidence that we were very late in the chess game because the people were given two options, and clearly they're going to choose Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. And I think that that there was a lot of election fraud that time. It was just that the the public opinion was so significantly against them that they picked Trump overwhelmingly. And Hillary's efforts were were thwarted, and so, so I, I think Trump was funneled into office. He was, it, we were manipulated into into Trump, and then he was the excuse for the for for what what we now have is a post-Trump political um, culture in media. Like they they treated Barack Obama with great respect, right? In fact. Almost like an emperor, a he king. Yeah, respect he didn't earn or deserve. Yeah, and then and didn't ask him any hard questions. And then the minute Donald Trump comes in, they start accusing him of collusion with Russia, and they they turned the political discourse into this very controversial, um, but, inflammatory process where he would argue with the reporters, they would argue back. And it was funny because they they sort of turned that off with Joe Biden. That's that's no longer the way that they they behave. But they they do behave that way with anyone they disagree with. And so anyway, that that started the burning down of our culture. It was to burn the house down. It was to destroy the the type of 
ties that we have that bind us together in, in some sort of a cohesive unit. That's what the Donald Trump thing did, and that, it corresponded with that eclipse. Uh, that, that whole presidency was just one fire after another, one bomb, one hand grenade after another against the, the decorum, the, the, what was perceived civility, right? And they, they just destroyed that. And, and now they're, it's weird because you say, well, then why are they acting like that civility is back with Joe Biden? <laughs> I think that they, they achieved their goals. They sufficiently destroyed the country. And then we have the COVID pandemic, which has created even more conflict. And, that all, and, the, and then you have simultaneously all of the financial problems that are happening behind the scenes. Remember, before the COVID thing hit, we were in a massive financial predic- predicament. The stock market was tailing off. The Fed had started to raise rates, and the bond market was all in turmoil. There, there were all kinds of problems. If you paid, if you paid attention to that, it wasn't COVID that caused it. COVID yeah, accelerated it. The stock market crashed in late February 2020, right as the COVID thing was ramping up, <clears throat> and then immediately rebounded. Well, it unnaturally it, rebounded. Yeah. And my my theory there is so a lot of the people who who manipulate the, the market made a ton of money, lots and lots of money. And now they're buying up assets. They're buying up homes and land and they're preparing for- In 2020, they were when it was cheaper. Yeah. And they're preparing for An the, apocalypse. the coming collapse. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and they're going to control the, they're going to control a lot of the hard goods, the land, the, the stuff land can provide. Meanwhile, there's this crazy move on to buy NFTs and Bitcoin. And, yeah, NFTs and will never make sense to me. It's bizarre. And it's... If, if you're unaware of what an NFT is, it's a non-fungible token. It's related to cryptocurrency. The idea is that you own essentially bragging rights is the way I describe it. Like you... Yeah, you don't own you, anything. You buy the... You're buying ownership of a digital asset but but people can copy digital assets like yeah like somebody bought one of jack dorsey's tweets but the tweet is still on twitter i could still go and screenshot it i can like it i could reply to it that's a good example i can do any you know there's the the guy who bought it doesn't own it he doesn't it's, well, no, he supposedly owns it. He owns something that says he owns it. That's why I call it bragging rights. Yeah, it's like, it's, you know what it is? It's like buying one. It's like naming a star. You know, you've seen that where you can yeah, pay, you money pay money and, and then they you name supposedly it. name a star. Like, what? That's this, you're just making a donation to that company. There's no star with a name on it. They might give you a certificate and tell you where the star is, but there's no right. star with your name on it. Right. Right. Well, anyway, th- this, this, all this craziness is leading to 2024, it looks like. I mean, that's what I, 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 it's just a guess. It's just a, uh, you know, I th- a shot in the dark, dark projection. But I think that there's something related to them wanting to collapse the country by the, by the time that eclipse hits or have it, have it well underway or... Well, it's well underway. Or, may, or maybe they view it as that, that it's auspicious, that the timing is auspicious for them to collapse the country, that they can actually pull it off. Because that's, that's another element of astrology and, and reading the signs in the heavens that's very ancient. The idea is you would do certain things on certain days expecting success or, or at certain times of year expecting success because the time and the season is right. And if you're Mormon... Never forget that the, the early first church mag, 
magazine was called Times and Seasons, right? This mm-hmm. is the way Joseph Smith thought of things. He had an amulet called the Jupiter Amulet. I don't know if I'm going too deep here on this podcast, but he had a little talisman that he'd carry around with him that had markings on it called the, called the Jupiter Amulet. Uh, it, it doesn't make him crazy. It just proves him to be tuned into more ancient ideas. Well, and the earth and the, the heavens are always, always uh, displaying signs of uh, signs and wonders. I mean, the, we, 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 we scoff at stuff like this. And then every Christmas we talk about the star and the heavens yeah. and we don't even realize that the star in the heavens is a sign just like that. It's an astrological event. Yeah. And that energy has some sort of an effect on us. Spring has an effect on us. You know, and that and that corresponds with the sun cycle. That those solstices and equinoxes, they matter. How many of you start to feel really? I mean, Christmas is is nicely placed because when when the night when the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, it's kind of depressing. It's like, man, when are we going to come out of the? <laughs> when are we going to get some light back? And then you hit right around December 25th or December 21st, whatever, when the solstice hits and, and it shifts. And so we have the holiday and New Year's is a little brighter and you're getting into February. Now, February is kind of bleak around here <laughs> because everything's brown and whatever. But spring comes along and the sun is winning the battle against the darkness. And it, this happens cyclically. And, and who doesn't love springtime, right? It's, it's nice. You're getting ready for summer. Your school's almost out. You can't downplay you can't downplay Joseph Smith's birth date. You shouldn't. You can't. You can't deny the symbol, the symbolism there. Right. And and, and you the, should, it the should be literal, commemorated. It not really even ought just, to be commemorated. Not even just symbolism, but the literal the literal returning of more light that was, and knowledge. It was the twenty third, right? Yeah. Of De- of December, eighteen oh five. So yep. isn't that interesting? He was born right on the solstice. Right. Where the days are longer and there is more light. Right. He was on the good solstice. It <laughs> may surprise you to know that midsummer is the bad solstice. <laughs> well, even Shakespeare knew weird stuff happens at midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. Yeah, there's some weird there's some weird uh literature out there. There's a movie called Midsummer. Uh I've never seen that one, a horror show. Heard it was pretty interesting. Anyway, that, uh, we're off on a tangent here, but I think that these people view this as their chance to, to destroy America, and that's to why, take it down. That's why I'm feeling a little bit I'm, I'm, bleak I'm, about I'm not loath I'm not loath to, to encourage you along this line of, of thinking, but I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to go out to, and say to the listeners, yeah, I think it's happening this, this spring or this well, whatever. I, I don't know when it will happen, but I'm saying or it, what is it, it? It could happen, and when I when I I think the next it's it, the next leg down, right? I think it's the, the, it's a leg down. It's think, not going to be a leg up. I think the next it is financial. The, all the signs are there, right? The the dollar is almost useless, almost worthless. The debt is out of control. I don't I don't know if, if the dollar. I would be careful about that over the long in the long run. Yeah. Right, I'm saying it's lost like 99% of its value. Well, that's that's the, documentable. Right, since the initiation of the Federal Reserve. But that was a 100-year process. Sure. But but now it's at the end of that process. And the and the end of that is parabolic, right? Or or exponential, what would we call that when it goes Yeah. 
when the inflation begins to really take in, off? Inflation's out of control, but ne- it gets me back to what I was saying. The infrastructure is all in place for a massive monetary change. Right. I wonder if they have one more deflationary downward leg in, you know, where they a very temporary period where they make everything look really bad and people have to hang on to their dollars. You know, nobody's buying or selling anything. And so the prices collapse and then the next policy action causes it to skyrocket the perhaps the inflation. I think we might see five, six dollar, seven dollar gallon gas this summer. This summer. This summer's gonna be interesting because I think COVID is dead, right? The, the narrative is done. People are moving on from it. At, at least, you know, uh, po- these policies are d- being dropped a, a lot of places. Mandates, mask mandates, even in, in church. They, the church finally Are they going to get no dropped in Canada, though? I mean, are they going to well, drop the, the cross-border the, mandates over this? I don't see. I don't know, because, again, you have Trudeau, who is a spoiled brat who refuses, refuses, refuses. To, to negotiate or even discuss or even acknowledge. You know, there, there was a, a while back, see, Rebel News has been a thorn in his side. And a while back, a Rebel News reporter said, uh, asked him a question and basically uh, kind of said, called him out, like, you don't, why don't you, you know, let us participate in the press process? And he just said, my, my, my opinion towards you guys has been expressed. And he just moved on. He just dismissed him. And but Trudeau is a petulant, spoiled brat. He's the worst kind of tyrant because he, he grew up protected. He grew up as a chosen one. He's never wanted anything. He's a playboy. Uh, you know, he, he has no leadership qualities, no leadership ability. And he looks down. He literally looks down on these people, on, on Canadians. They're just there to serve him. And he's not going to negotiate. But it doesn't really matter at this point. The damage is done. It doesn't... The only question now is, is can the truckers safely get out of there without some of them being jailed, trampled, shot? And it looks less and less likely because now the cops have trapped them in there. The, the cops have said, you can't go home now. And, and you know, the city's, all, the city's a, a, a war zone, a green zone, a police state. And I don't know how it ends without somebody on the government side of things standing down and see the but the government is always the escalator in these kind of situations waco ruby ridge kent state the government brings the guns there's no guns with these truckers they're not the ones they're not they're not they're not the ones you know they haven't surrounded buildings and are holding hostages they don't have trudeau hostage in the parliament or something they're just sitting there with their trucks now they're becoming hostages Surrounded by people with guns. The government is the escalator here. <clears throat> but I don't think it, I still think all of this stuff in Canada, it's important, it's real, but it's also just another way for this controlled demolition to occur. Because they can now say, regardless of the outcome, they can say, it's obvious you guys, you rabble, are ungovernable, so we're going to crack down even harder. We know a lot of you are out there funding terrorism because you donated to the truckers, you donated to Trump, you donated to whatever. You you bought camouflage. Mm-hmm. You're a terrorist. If the if if the <clears throat> governments were 
really interested in serving the public, what would happen is that the Trudeau would have said, hey, we get it. You guys are angry. Okay, let's hold a vote in Parliament over this issue. Let's vote on it. He could have at least said that. He didn't have to cave... He didn't, he didn't have even to, acknowledge didn't, that their anger yeah, was justified. He, he didn't have. He doesn't have to cave to their demands. All he has to do is call a vote and say, "Look, we've got this protest going on. Let's vote on it." He called them misogynists, white supremacists, racists, and terrorists. Right. So essentially, the the statist school run by Klaus Schwab, their their main modes of operating are simply to call the other side the worst names you can possibly think of. Well, they can do that because there is no, <clears throat> there's no accountability. What, what, what can the truckers, what can any of us really do? What can, what can we do if we wanted to get Cox out of office earlier than, than three years from now in an election? If we, if we felt like he was unfit to govern, which I think he is unfit to govern. Well, we'd have we, to... There's, get- You'd have to get the legislature involved in an impeachment process. The le- do we have an impeachment process? We do, but it's... He'd have to be ha- have uh, some sort of high crime or misdemeanor we were right. accusing and you'd, him of, right? And you'd also have to have the legislature have the political will to even listen to yeah. people. Well, the, the legislature could also, by a supermajority, pass a law that allowed for a recall election. Yeah, I don't think we have that in But Utah, we would have though. to pass that law and right. then run the recall. Yeah, which think, would take longer than three well, years. Well, Cox isn't going to sign a recall law. That's what I'm saying, that you'd have to have a super majority because right. you'd have to have a veto-proof majority. But my point is that it's hard for the people to do anything. We think our elections are ways to fix this. They're, they're not really. They may, may be a little bit here and there, but not really. So not, what, when there's the, not when there's one emergency after another. So what, what do we do? What, do? what can we realistically do? Well, I think that's what the listeners want to know. <laughs> so tell us, Bobby. <laughs> Get out of the cities. <laughs> I, I don't know. Other than try to make sure your own house is in order. You've got to be careful when you say that, because now with our g- growing listener base, people actually care what we think sometimes. So... Tell us if you even care what we think on the comments, by the way. I don't know, because individually, there's nothing you can do. What is a city? Is a city uh, in Utah, what would you consider a city? Yes. Or do the cities only exist in in Democrat-run states Well, I think the big, big big cities with, like, I think those are already lost, and I think you should get out of those anyway. Um, What's a big, big city? Like Los Angeles? Yeah, LA, Chicago, San Francisco, you know, all the big cities that we talk about. So Salt Lake's not a big city. No, but I think the Wasatch Front is a big city. In, in we the live sense along that, the Wasatch Front. Are you saying I should move? I'm not saying you should move, guys. What I'm saying is that you should have your house in order and be prepared to go a few weeks or more without the grocery stores. And maybe uh, make sure you know your neighbors. You really know your neighbors. Make, maybe have a bug out plan. I mean... It doesn't hurt to have a plan. No, it doesn't. But these are all the kind... I think that our listeners have contemplated these things. I think they're sitting there going, yeah, maybe we should move to a smaller county. But... Yeah, I mean... But, I, but then I'm away from my friends. Like, if I, like I've thought about it. If I move, then I'm, I, I lose proximity to you, for example. Right. And then it makes our relationship a little more distant. Uh, I've definitely got lots of friends around here that 
we see each other on at least en- enough of a regular basis that it would make that super inconvenient. So, well, I also think there's going to be strength in numbers and little coalitions that in a scenario like we've described could be very, very powerful and very beneficial. Sm- small towns are difficult to deal with. They're, they've got their established pecking order, hierarchy, whatever. That You've got the old money, the people that own the land down there. They're not really welcoming to right. new people. They're, your kids could have a hard time in a small town. There's a lot of problems with small towns that you just don't think about. There, the irony when, when you're here running is, away <laughs> in a situation like we've described, the irony is that we will be in this all together, <laughs> and and alone together. How we at how home we together. how we treat each other in such a situation is going to be telling. Because I'm promising you now that in such a situation, right? I keep qualifying that in such a situation, people that you think are good, decent people will break their way into homes and shoot the people in there and steal their food. It will happen in such a situation. I need to keep qualifying that. I'm not saying any of this will happen, but the stage is set. Mm-hmm. The stage is definitely set. The infrastructure's in place. And again, the people in charge, the Schwab, the Davos crowd, they keep telling us that this is going to happen. They keep telling us they're going to reshape and redesign our way of life. They keep saying that. When will we start listening to them and taking them for their word? probably after it's too late and our lives are reshaping and our lives are different now than they're forever different than they were in 2019, just like they were forever different in in October, 2001 than they were in August, 2001. 9-11 fundamentally reshaped a lot of aspects of our lives. And it was a huge leap forward for the security state, which is part of the oligarchy. Right. Now they're taking over the medical state. They're, they're creating a medical state and they can create a financial state where we, again, the, the, I will shout this from the rooftops, although I probably reach more people on here because it's the rooftops, it gets windy and cold up there. My voice would just be <laughs> lost like it is on Twitter. But the final, the, the, the final piece in this is the currency, the digital currency. That's not a that's not some crackpot idea. They are talking about it. They call it a central bank digital currency. They are talking about this. Look them up. Look up the C right. CBDCs. Just think, think about how it has to evolve. <coughs> beca- and and don't think of it like um, in the absolutes that it kind of sounds like people speak of these things because. When he says the final straw is the digital currency, it doesn't mean that that day everything is bad. That's the start. And over a short period of time, say 10 years, the, the whole society could be dramatically changed by deciding what people can buy and sell. But it doesn't happen that day or that year. It's just that that's the... It's, it's, like, like, the, it's like when they got the Federal Reserve Act passed. That was the beginning of the end. Right. Or, uh, you know, 12, 15 years ago when the... Affordable Care Act passed. The next day, everything wasn't bad. But right. look at now. Look at the way the government can manipulate med- medical uh, decision making. Yeah, right? that, that Not, could be considered the end of the medical establishment. <clears throat> but right now, we're seeing why. We've gone in a short period of time, <clears throat> a decade, we've gone from you must buy health insurance to you must put this substance into your body. That's a really good 
comparison right there. There was this law passed that you had to buy it. The Supreme Court even upheld that law. And then now they're considering this idea that you have to put the crap in your body. And they pat, they've, they've crossed a line. It's always, under, it's always under duress, too. It's always because of an emergency. You rem- I remember Obama talking about all the people that were dying because they didn't have insurance. Now, the numbers were just made up. But he, he couched that in terms of an imminent disaster, right? Now they're it was do- our moral obligation to do this. They're doing the same thing with, with COVID. And with, with this impending doom, look at all the stuff they've been able to do. Huge leaps forward in building the infrastructure to uh, what? That's why the emergency what, what must Nawaz continue. calls a checkpoint society. Who calls it that? Uh, Majid Nawaz. Oh, okay, yeah. So we're going back to the Rogan podcast. We'll put a link to that on our website. I, I listened to that thing, the entire thing, uninterrupted yesterday, and it uh, it's left me a little bit. Uh, it's black pilled you. Uh, yeah. It, well, it's 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 reinforced. I'm I'm sitting there listening to it, going, "This guy sounds like me and Jordan. Like this could, <laughs> this could be us." Like, but he's coming from a really interesting place where he's trained in information warfare and psychological warfare, and he recognizes one when he sees it because he he did it, been involved with it, and yeah. tried to take over governments mm-hmm. peace peacefully. If you can peacefully overtake a government, he was doing it covertly. Let's use that word mm-hmm. and using infiltration. He never hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. He wasn't violent, mm-hmm. but it was really interesting. So listen to it. Take it for what it's worth. Maybe go look him up. He's been recently fired from his job as a radio host, which he couldn't <laughs> go into because it's still you know legally pending and all that. But uh-huh. look him. I just I'm looking at this going. I don't. I don't see any other outcome than this implementation of digital currency. And by the way, Utahns, Utah is a pilot state for a digital driver's license. Not an electronic version of your driver's license, but a digital ID that is linked to all sorts of vaccination statuses, economic status, anything they want, right? And they say it's... Could it's, be. They say it's not. Right. But they can They can make it whatever they want, but... Utah is a is a pilot program. It makes you wonder what's going on that Utah would be a pilot program. Well, I I don't know. Well, we I've said it before. We are the Me Too state. We want to be California as quick as well, possible. We're also we wanna very. Be, we want to be the United Nations lapdog immediately. We're also we're desperate. Yeah, we're desperate. We want to have the Olympics too. We're desperate. Give to, us the corruption too. We're desperate to be accepted, and we're also pretty stupid. And I say that in a gentle way like we're gullible we're gullible utah is known to be full of gullible people and i think because we're too trusting i think we think well that guy is the same religion as i am therefore he is honest therefore i will go into business with him or i will vote for him and trust everything he says because he believes the same things i believe Mm. and that that always exists and so we see someone who's a conservative or whatever in any in any election and you think well he's like me i'll vote for him it's amplified here in Utah because of the prevalence of the LDS faith. It's still, a, I think, I still think that the majority of the state is LDS. I think sixty percent or something. And so we're too trusting, and which makes us gullible, and makes us, it, it, combined with our desperation to be in the club, 
Makes us a good little breeding ground and beta, right, and beta we, test for stupid things like digital driver's license. We have authorities telling us to trust the government, you know, in our religion. We have we have this literally telling us sort that. of sort of this um culture that tries to make you think that it's good and virtuous to trust the government. The the the, the good people, oh aren't they such good people? They trust the government. You know, they yeah. they 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 all get along and they follow the rules. Well and, we're counseled over the pulpit to be good global citizens. And that's a loaded term. Our I think our listeners. No, know that's that. a technical term. That's a that's a marketing campaign. Right, it's a it's a specific term. I think we it's posted deliberate. A, we posted a picture of Bill Gates and Justin Trudeau where Trudeau was wearing a global citizen shirt. Yeah, well, globalcitizen.org exists, and it's a division of the UN and the WEF. It's all the same people doing the same things at the same time. It is a controlled demolition infiltration takeover and it's happening right in front of our eyes yeah, it's a cycle the the emergency creates the political will for the funding the funding <laughs> the funding then is used against us by the oligarchy to get their control grid in place and then another emergency happens and more control more more funding more control and as long as we can keep these emergencies going they're their enterprise is fully funded. Yeah, we will never, we will never, uh, without vast, without a huge counter-revolution and a victory in that counter-revolution, we will live in an age of permanent emergency forever. Climate like, emergency. Our kids, our kids will never know a space time. Space alien emergency. Our kids will never know a time that, that there is not an emergency of some kind. There, there is not some threat of impending doom. In a way, we haven't ever known that. There's always been something, right? Nuclear war in the 80s, yeah. the ozone, climate, well, and earthquakes. I, I admit, I think that the, the emergency movies are some of the best movies. They're the most exciting movies because well, there's, this, action movies. there's this emergency and the heroes have to rise up and take care of the situation. What's something that Trudeau hasn't defined is, you know, he's, in, he's invoked this Emergencies Act. What exactly is the emergency? It was that there were truckers blocking all of the roads and honking. Right. But is that an emergency? Oh, yeah. According to Trudeau. The emergency is that they're losing the grip on control the people and needed to crack down and yeah. accelerate. Yeah, that was the emergency. Accelerate. Remember our friends at Corona Circus? I hope they're our friends. They, they had a, an essay called Acceleration. The acceleration. And I think we're seeing that right now. We're seeing an acceleration. And it remains to be seen what that, the details will, will be. But the coronavirus narrative, the masks, the mandates, the vaccine passports, you know, the Utah Jazz lifted their vaccine passport as did BYU quietly and recently, right? Everybody's going along with the political wins and the, and the public opinion, which I think public opinion was always against them on this, but I should say they're, 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 what they're doing is they're, they're, giving, they're, they're receiving word, whether directly or not, that it's okay now to lift these mandates. The government says it's okay, so now the church says it's okay. Now the campus says it's okay. Now the jazz say it's okay. Well, something else has to follow this up. And it could be another disaster like we've talked about today, or it could be a mass 
awakening, a great awakening, and a and a huge, huge movement of accountability where we take people like Governor Herbert and Spencer Cox and Angela Dunn and uh, Fauci and Burks and Trump and all these other governors and all these other major players and hold them to account. What that looks like, I don't know. If it's trials, if it's jail, if it's tying them to a pole and running them into the Great Salt Lake, I don't know. But I also am skeptical that... uh, anything like that will happen because I still think too many people are sound asleep thinking all is well and that the counter movements like the truckers are just fringe minorities with unacceptable views. Well, um, maybe that could be a discussion for another time. I do think that there's the possibility with this rug pull, if the rug pull is being set up intentionally to make these comic book villains the actual scapegoats, right? There's also the potential for a false awakening. And I'd like to talk about that more another time because you, you described a good awakening to accountability. But if, if these people maintain control over the public mind, it could be an awakening to, uh, a a false savior type of a situation. It would be very easy, I think, to rally the people and to make them think that they're getting their liberty and their freedoms back. And then we wake up and we have GovCoin and a little complete loss of liberty in the name of whatever, you know, this awakening is. It would be easy to do that. All you'd have to find is a charismatic leader who says the right words, you know, like a DeSantis type. And I'm not saying he's controlled. I don't know. but someone like him could rally the people because right now the people are desperate for that. They're so desperate for somebody to stand up and be charismatic in a good way and to say the right things and to say words like liberty and freedom and autonomy. Or they're kind of trying to demonize the word freedom right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's funny. What if their new new awareness doesn't include freedom? What if, I think that people like listen to the, the people that listen to this podcast, people like you are going to see through this false awakening especially if you're trying to really get in touch with your Savior, with God, personally. I think you'll see through it pretty easily. But I, I wonder if a lot of the center percentage, you know, that, that 60% of the country that's right now wa- appears to be waking up, but has in the past been susceptible to the, more susceptible to the media propaganda, I wonder if they will not see the end around coming. Washington Post recently published that freedom is a white supremacist movement. And I was just thinking about that. That really sparked some introspection. And I was thinking about all of those uh, white supremacists that didn't want to be slaves in the South in the 1800s. And just want, all they wanted was freedom, but they were white supremacists. And that's why they didn't get their freedom. I, they're they're going to have a hard time selling that, but maybe well, what, like like you said, Kent what, State, it was young people shooting young people. What you could get, what you could get, is a, a charismatic leader that stands up and says, doesn't talk about freedom, but says, it, going forward in our new, you know, I, I have a plan to fix this disaster, and we're implementing this, this, and this, and it's it's GovCoin, it's more social social control, but it's couched in a way of 
problem solving because people love to think that their government is solving problems. It's really easy to solve a problem that you create, right? You can tell the world that Russia's going to invade Ukraine, and when they don't, you say, "See, we stopped Russia from invading Ukraine." Yeah. So, and it could be someone like that who who the people rally behind, and you have this populist this uh, populist movement, and then he just pulls the rug out from everybody. And everyone cheers it because we're so tribal. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think it, it merits more discussion. Maybe another time. The the journal from the future. I, I'm going to link to that on our podcast page. The coronavirus guys, or the Corona Circus guys. Somebody wrote a, a series of posts called Journal from the Future. That's yeah, awesome. And it ended up a lot more spiritual than that, right? Like this idea that the the people were unified under a new spiritual leader, a new god. Really? Yeah, and so it could be even more dramatically, a, a more dramatic shift than just some sort of a political awakening. Yeah, and and like Jordan said, the, the people running the show are spiritual, right? And Well, we all are spiritual. We've just been taught, it's it's been popular the last century to be sort of like a scientific... Mysticism and... Well, no, 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 I mean... I mean it's been. I think it's been more popular to be like a scientific religious person. Like right. If you're gonna, if not, not, not a shaman, mystic, not mystic. No, no. Like, uh, like if you're Mormon, for example, or Christian, it's like, yeah, we believe in Christ, but we believe in all this science and and right. yeah, evolution. I can see how God used sure. evolution because that's the popular thing you were taught in the schools. That's what I'm saying. There's also the there's also the mystics out there. The scientific mystics are like like the sci- I don't want to say Scientologists, but right. But right. these these hip uh, spiritual people, yeah, who new, new age, yeah. A lot of these guys, like J- Joe Rogan, is kind of popularizing that. Where he's done DMT, uh, they they smoke weed on the program or whatever, but they talk about spiritual things, you know. So you've got you've got that too. We've got all kinds of shades there, but well, but it's been sort of hip the the last century to be like a a an intelligent yet God-fearing, or, or oh, I can see why you're you know, agnostic. You know, you know where it's kind of personified, I think, is the, it's an older film, but it's the film Contact, the Matthew McConaughey character. It's kind of the hip pastor who's super intelligent. But he still believes in God. He has right. a, that's, a good, that's a good point. And then the other, the other side of society has been the uh, love interest. Dang it, what's her name? I always forget her name. The the actress that plays oh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. There you go. <clears throat> she plays opposite him, and she has to have a little bit of a faith moment. So con- contact embodies that whole point that I'm trying to make. There, right. you've got Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey, who represents the Christian right the way they're supposed to be, and then uh, Jodie Foster, who represents the the still sort of entertaining God, but yet scientific scientist. <laughs> That can I say that a scientific scientist? Yep. Who who's rational and has has had to believe in something because she had this experience, you know. And so that's I think where a lot of people have been the last century. But I'm talking about a shift into the uh, away from that into a more mystic, new agey techno well, cro- technocracy. These guys are spiritual. They are religious, and so far their god has been themselves. We're meant to worship them but i think we may see and this is this journal of the future kind of uh, uh, alludes to this an unveiling of the their god 
Well, let's let's leave it there and for, uh, foreshadow an, an episode. Would you want to do an episode on that? Yeah, that'd be fun. I've also had some feedback from listeners. Uh, we may have some more friends that want want to be on the podcast at some point. Also, one of the uh, friends was saying you should do a live show. If you are like, interested, like at a theater where we charge money, no, and like everyone a, sits at our feet, like a live <laughs> podcast where like you people can be online at the same time as us and make comments, and we respond to the comments or have somebody Zoom or Skype with us or whatever, where where we have some live interaction. If you are interested in that, let us know. Uh, go to the website mindvirus.show. Maybe post a comment or or text us or whatever if you if you know us personally. Let us know if you'd like to be involved in a live one. That takes a lot of planning. It means we have to put together the technology and set the time, and all of you have to be there. Yeah, well, to participate. We'll have to set the time and the season. But I, I don't I don't know if 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 um if only a few of you want to be on the live show. Maybe we'll just have a recorded show where we invite some a round table of people to be on it. Right. If if Bobby likes that idea. Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. <clears throat> that could be fun. Well, that seems like a good time to wrap up. Happy President's Day, everybody. Um, find us at mindvirus.show. You know the drill. Like, comment, subscribe. Thank you to our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by... Wait, you got the sponsor, right? Pfizer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pfizer sponsors you, everything. Brought to you by Pfizer. You don't even have to get a contract with them. If you just say brought to you by Pfizer, they'll just pour money on you. Brought to you by Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> Can you feel the money being poured? <laughs> you can feel something. Something's getting poured on you. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, hey, hey, look, be optimistic. Think <laughs> we, we really knew, do need to think our way look, the stories, into a better situation the here. The stories all tell us that good will win out. And I, I believe that. I know I've been a little pessimistic today, but... I believe that God will win, and we need to be on his side. Now, I don't know if he wins by just coming again and wiping the face of the earth clean, or if we get some smaller victories before then. I hope we do, because I I would like to live the rest of my life out in peace, and I'd like my kids to live in peace and prosperity, and to be able to live, live in a way that, you know, where they're not pushed around and controlled by weirdos like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and, you know, Spencer Cox. I'd like, I, you know, I'd like that. That that doesn't seem like a crazy thing to want. And so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to, I'm going to con- continue to live my life. I'm not going to just hole up in, into a cave somewhere in a bunker just yet. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a big awakening going on and, and you all have friends and you can help them. And maybe there are plans that need to be made. But we definitely need to be thinking of the kids here and trying to set up rational mechanisms by which they can have uh, truth and light in their lives in the future. Amen. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week.